Hey there, this is Wyeth here to introduce you to our podcast with Anna White. Anna is an artist, musician, and writer based in Bellingham, Washington. She has been at the helm of multiple creative projects, including the Nearness Project, which was a collaborative response to quarantine isolation, and her new record label and artist support initiative, Inside Joe Records. During our conversation, Anna and I got to talk about her beginnings as a contributor for the prolific Rookie magazine, teen soap operas, and indie music scenes outside of the U.S. As Anna provided insight into her many creative endeavors, I learned about her ambitious attitude and how connection and bringing people together is key to her approach. We hope you enjoy. I wanted to just start off by asking you about um, your work with like Rookie Magazine and how you kind of got involved with that project and what your experience was like. Yeah, I loved working with Rookie. I am trying to think about what specific year. I think it must have been 20... 15 maybe when I started working with them um I actually just submitted my high school AP studio art portfolio to them as a cold submission and heard nothing back for months thought nothing of it I was certain that rookie was you know out of my league because I think that I was a little second gen rookie and that I had been reading it for a while and it I wasn't one of the like very first contributors I was one of the um I guess kind of younger rookie generation of contributors um but I started working with them with just visual art my editor Lena Singer picked me up from that portfolio and hit me up after that to do some art accompanying articles and then eventually to write a piece because she knew that I was a musician and in a band and so she reached out and asked if I wanted to interview a band it was the first interview I'd ever done Um, I'd never really thought of myself as that much of a writer um, or at least as like a journalistic writer Um, but I thought that it would be a cool way to talk to a band that I admire it was Knots I believe they're Austin based they were the first interview I ever did Um, and Rookie I kept I really loved it. Um, I ended up doing a lot of more kind of like music journalistic writing with them as well as narrative comics um, and worked with them on and off until they folded in 2019, I want to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know when that whole project, and I mean, I know um, Tavi is her name. She's on Gossip Girl now. I like found that out when I was watching like the pilot or whatever. I was like, that's such a funny coincidence because we were just talking about Rookie with like Molly and I was like, oh my gosh, what a weird like thing. It's so interesting too because her character is someone that, you know, I, I mean, how much of the new Gossip Girl have you seen? I've, I'm almost caught up. I was kind of, I was really apprehensive in the first episode, but I got really into it after a couple episodes. Because I watched oh, yeah. the one, you know, as oh, yeah. in 2007. But yeah, have you seen that? I, I love Gossip Girl. I'm like a huge fan of teen TV. I think teen oh media yeah, is just like such a special thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that the new Gossip Girl, like there's a lot of... I feel like it would be really fun to write just like an academic analysis of how this gossip girl, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, like what people that are watching this as the first one are thinking, because it does feel like it's kind of made for an odd, well, I mean, the characters are like in a universe where they're already acclimated to social media, because I feel like the whole like first 
kind of the allure of the first Gossip Girl was that it was this mysterious thing and like yeah. uh, getting a, a text blast yeah. was such a kind of anonymous, um, I don't know, removed from reality way to like cyber bully or get, you know, get the info and like create, it, it was so easy for her to be anonymous. Whereas now it's like, they're all kind of in control of their own social media presences in a way. And like, it's reflected in that way with like the fact that you know who Gossip Girl is and you know that it's like kind of playing into that, you know? I don't know. I thought that was an interesting move on their part to like make Gossip Girl like a parent in the first episode. I always, I mean, I kind of feel like they're in the original and they should have just never said who it was, but granted. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, cause I knew that it was like, it was going to be one of the characters and then everyone guessed who it was cause they made it really obvious. And then at the end, they kind of threw it together that it was... Ben Badgley's character or whatever yeah. I don't know I know teen I'm really a big sucker for teen especially like the early 2000s like oh yeah I watched the OC have you seen those oh yeah oh my god it literally <laughs> I was, was kind of apprehensive at first but then I was like oh my gosh this is just god tier it's amazing but oh yeah I know I'm glad I have a fellow <laughs> Oh yeah, it's either and like there's so much like trashy teen TV is great in and of itself, but I feel like especially that like sweet spot of 2010s before that was all the made for Netflix teen TV. It was really like that was a demographic that they were putting a lot of work into capturing, and yeah. so like it's pretty quality stuff. Oh yeah, no, I feel like anyone who tries to write that stuff off needs to get the chip off their shoulder. We oh yeah, we don't take content so seriously. It's like. Why not have fun with it? But oh yeah, wow. Um, oh yeah, and then oh yeah, going back to the rookie stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to see like, was there like a favorite experience you had working with rookie, or like a favorite piece, or like a piece you really enjoyed putting together for them? Oh, I definitely <laughs> the one that felt the biggest for me. I would say I wrote. Um, I I was in a I was in a band. I've been in a lot of bands since, but I guess it was my first like real band and we broke up the summer after my sophomore year of college or like I, they, I, I went to school in a different state and they had decided that I was not going to be in the band anymore. And I like knew it was coming, but like, you know, as any friend drama happens, it was just like so chaotic and such a huge dramatic thing for like little 18 19 year old me but just like I made a big like very personal comic about it and put it on rookie and it definitely I think that it's some of it was the best like it was the best artistic one and the longest most personal one I put and I think that was the one that I was probably the proudest of for a long time just because it felt like something I put a lot into yeah um, and some of the art still holds I think it's funny looking at all the things that you know I thought were such great like the best work I'd done at that point and seeing them now and like I stand by them but like visually it's always a little cringy looking back no, but that's good it means you're progressing as an artist you know oh yeah it's like people always ask I have like tattoos of my friends art but people always ask if I would ever get something of my own and I think it's like you see yourself in your own work in such a more critical way than you see anyone else's that it would just be painful looking at something of your own like 10 years later no totally get it like on your back or something where you can't exactly <laughs> no I totally feel that no that's awesome though I mean I definitely I mean did you was it kind of scary putting something more personal out there or was it 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that most of my rookie things that at least the com the comics were the things that were the only real personal ones I put out and they were definitely they were the ones that were the scariest to publish. One of my first ones was about um, being queer and just kind of like coming to terms with uh, sexuality and also about like in the, I think I like made it some kind of analogy with like cutting my hair because <laughs> I cut my hair in a funny way and dyed it for like the first time when I went to college. But that was another one that I hadn't like totally come out to everyone. And I had a girlfriend at the time, but I don't think I had like published it to the whole social media world. So that was kind of my first uh, foray into kind of a mass coming out to everyone that followed me on the internet. Oh, <laughs> and a that was a scary one to put out there too, but everything like that, especially, um, I think that anything like, is with narrative work and with visual work, it always felt like cathartic and kind of easier for me to put those things out like after kind of translating them into a visual way like detaches you and solidifies the narrative and kind of gives you time to figure out exactly what you want to say before you set it out there so I always liked that no that's so cool and really a lot of respect because I know for a lot of artists it can be really hard putting something so personal out there you know like that's definitely I think and that was the beauty of Rookie is that it was such a space where everyone was doing things that were so personal and it felt like because it was an environment where the readers really like were taking that and learning from it and creating a community. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was it was a very safe space to do that and also a space where it was very reciprocal. Um, so. I think like you would get engagement from people rather than you know, cyberbullying or anything. Oh, yeah. Was, like people would see something and say that they related to it. And I remember, yeah, like reading when I put out the one about being queer or bi or whatever I referred to it as at the time and having people put in comments and saying that they related to that. It felt like a crazy thing to, you know. So that's so amazing. I'm glad yeah. it's such a positive oh rookie is a beautiful and that's like when Aaliyah and I Aaliyah and I who I founded nearness with we both met through rookie and like when we were working with nearness we really wanted to kind of draw from that supportive community because it was something that meant so much to both of us having like kind of come of age in different ways through that process I was gonna say because so amazing I'm glad yeah. it's such a positive Oh, Rookie is a beautiful, and that's like when Aaliyah and I, Aaliyah and I, who I founded Nearness with, we both met through Rookie, and like when we were working with Nearness, we really wanted to kind of draw from that supportive community, because it was something that meant so much to both of us, having like kind of come of age in different ways through that process. I was gonna say, because it kind of happened during some formative years. Did you say you'd worked on it when you were in college, or? Yeah, I was late high school early college for the most part when I was just starting I think my senior year of high school to maybe like the beginning of my senior year of college yeah I was an active contributor those are definitely formative years I mean like going away and all that I mean that's oh yeah it's crazy but no that's so awesome and actually that does lead me in I wanted to ask you about the nearness project actually and kind of absolutely it, yeah no I thought it was I looked at the Instagram it was so beautiful I, I mean I love collage work already but the stuff you guys put together was really 
Thank you. Yeah, Leah is an extremely talented collage artist. That's her main medium. And like her her work is gorgeous and she did a great job. She did a lot of the curating of the collage artists we work with and the collage kits. That is like uh, her biggest, I guess. I think that in most of our division of labor, I loved to work, I was like a college radio kid and loved to work with the playlists. And Aaliyah curated a lot of the collage kits, but Nearness was great in that I think we, Aaliyah and I have still never met in real life, which is crazy. Uh, (laughs) We worked on the magazine, but you never met before that or? Yeah, we've been remote collaborators for, gosh, a long time at this point. We worked on a piece for Rookie together. I illustrated one of her essays, which is how we connected originally. But we had worked on, she had curated a calendar a couple couple years back. We'd done a comic together and just kind of remained um, collaborators even after Rookie. But we had been talking just on Instagram during the very beginning of the pandemic about how we missed Rookie and wished that there was something like that and how we kind of had the idea to create it for ourselves. Um, No, that's so awesome. And because it started during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So nearness, the goal, I guess, was to take that very intimate community forming quality of rookie and the kind of beautiful personal work and bring that to the context of the pandemic. So all of the work that we had was in somehow related to either pandemic or isolation or just that period of time. Um, It ran from April 2020 to April 2021. So I wanted to cap it at a very specific time frame because it was a project that meant was meant to have specific parameters. It was just a window into the kind of collective experience of primarily young women all around the world that were dealing with this crazy unprecedented thing. Yeah. And I think more than anything, it was something that we both felt really isolated. We were both living with family. Um, I was at my parents' house for three months. Um, you know, uh, Leah was at her boyfriend's family cottage somewhere in like the UK, very isolated. Both of us just were kind of feeling a need for that community and realized that a lot of other people were too. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Cause it is also interesting. I feel like it really puts into play like the digital space and how that kind of becomes a community, even though it's like everyone's so far apart. And I think that's yeah to adjust to in the last year. I mean, really kind of relying on that for social interaction, which is really like it's been leading up to that for a lot of years, but the pandemic just kind of sent it over the edge. Oh, absolutely. It was great. It definitely, that was the thing that felt like the most social interaction I got for a long, you know, months, like just reading articles, interacting with people on that. It was what consumed a lot of my time for the beginning of the pandemic and was really what I think, I can't speak exactly for Aaliyah, but I think it was a similar experience to her. It was what kept me feeling like I was making something that mattered. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really cool having those kind of creative outlets. And I feel like art especially can kind of bring people together during, obviously, I mean, it's not like a incredibly unique thing to say, but it really is true that art kind of can bring people together in a way. Absolutely. Things can't, you know? Um, no, but that's really, I'm glad that you had that outlet during that because it was 
it was pretty challenging I mean oh yeah <laughs> I feel like now even when we're going you know slightly back like mask mandates are coming back for indoors I know they were lifted in Washington for a while I'm not, not sure exactly about California but like we're kind of getting back into some parts of it but it's hard to remember what it was like at the very beginning because it was bleak it was really bleak yeah I my kind of when I was finishing up college around that time uh, and like at the time classes oh my gosh yeah I mean luckily I didn't have to do that much because I graduated like right then or in 2020 amazing oh my gosh I know I was like get me out of here but whatever Mm -hmm. um but me my boyfriend his sister and his friend we all we watched you remember decoms like Disney Channel original movies Mm -hmm. We watched all 109 of them and then we like did a full like write-up piece and it was like basically what we did the lot like first three months of the pandemic or something we just kind of like threw this thing together but it was like That's an amazing it's fun to just throw yourself into like a project in a weird way where it's like oh know, yeah especially when you have that amount of time on your hands that's normally filled with other things but oh yeah no it's definitely a time where people were able to kind of sink into creative things in a way or like had to almost it's just like the only thing to keep you sane oh my god yeah totally I know and another thing I wanted to ask about that project was there kind of what was your motivation in focusing like mainly on collages as like the main like yeah yeah but um we with the collages it was something that you could print out and that could kind of take that space and bring it into your like isolated context I guess it was something that people could take and really like integrate into wherever they were um so we really went for those things that felt like traditional DIY that could kind of translate into the physical world Um, similar to that we spent we wanted like a lot of the aesthetics to feel a little handmade so we have like a lot of work that feels, I don't know, that people have drawn and scanned in rather than digital or things like that. Yeah. Um, no, that's so cool. No, I mean, really, the feed looked beautiful. I was like going through this. Like, wow. Cool. It's really put together such a beautiful project. Thank you. I mean, we curated it to a certain extent, but really like people submitted things like we, we initially, when we were starting it, we did it very quickly. Um, we had the idea and kind of put it together rapidly and reached out to a lot of ex-rookies, but really after that, like once we got the ball rolling, we had submissions from so many people that we had never interacted with that gave us such beautiful work to publish and like my favorite things. And some of the people that ended up being long-term collaborators through the period of the project, like, um, Augustina uh, Zabala is, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she was someone that, or I actually think they might use they, them pronouns. Um, It's hard when you only know people from the internet, but I'm gonna say they, them, but they, um, they they're an amazing Argentinian photographer and they just cold submitted us some work and we ended up publishing a lot of their work. They're extremely talented and they're someone that I now feel like is an internet friend and there's, a lot of people like that that we kind of met through the context of the project which was really fun no that's awesome I mean it's a great kind of networking and like kind of community building thing do you know how many pieces you ended up kind of collecting by the end or like do you have like a work number because I was just curious because it seems like yeah for a while I was like wow there's so many pieces let's see I know, I mean, our Instagram, let me see the number of things on the Instagram, because that's, like, kind of close 
to what we ended up with. Yeah. Um, I'd say like between 300 and 330. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it was great. And a lot of them, I mean, I think looking at the Instagram feed has, gives you a certain view of the visuals. There's a lot of like beautiful long form writing that is on the actual site that it's like was linked through that um, we, we wanted to have, I don't know, in, Instagram was a good way of kind of being a platform where we could interface more with people, but having the actual, you know, Wix website and like having a yeah. web version of it was something that felt like it lended itself better to long form writing. So yeah, okay. there's a little bit of both. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Instagram, I mean, I feel like it's at this point, there's like a whole art to building a feed that looks however you want it to look. It's really interesting because I feel like that wasn't a thing when Instagram first started happening, but now oh, it's yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like the amount of thought that goes into it is just like, oh yeah, crazy. But oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I got to hear more about that because I was definitely really interested in. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I wanted to get into the Inside Joe records. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's a um, newer, I guess, newer than nearness in terms of projects. But my one of my closest friends and collaborators, Pia Marcu, Pia Parisi Marcu, and I. Um, we met years ago when we were both studying in Argentina, um, but we are both musicians as well as people that organize within music circles. And we had been talking for a long time about how, what, what this kind of looked like. It had been an idea and many different things. Pia is more of a live booker and I had been interested in creating a label um, and we, wanted to kind of combine them into Inside Joe, which is a artist support initiative. Um, a, I'm more of the label side and Pia is more of the live organizing, which will be more prominent once. I hope so. Is, yeah, once that is something that is more feasible, we're hoping to lean more into actual live organizing, but the goal is to kind of facilitate smaller international artists to gain foothold, whether it's through physical distribution or live performance within the US. Um, it's something that like, as a writer for me, um, I've noticed that when like my friends that English is not their primary language or that don't have a US or English speaking press team, it's harder for them to kind of break into the smaller indie US press cycle or even distribution, it's hard to get things in stores if you don't know where to go. Um, and just having someone on the inside, I guess, who can help facilitate that yeah. is a helpful thing. It's something that's like important to us as we've received that kind of support playing internationally, um, and working with artists, but the US has such a difficult scene to break into that's also kind of viewed in so many ways as like a big global music scene. Um, you know, I mean, it is a big global music scene. It's one of the hubs. It's nice to be able to help with that and help kind of integrate smaller artists into that, or at least provide a platform to, yeah. Like making it started. Cool, is what you mean? Hmm? Like making it more accessible. Exactly. Yeah. Accessibility um, 
yeah because even with music writing like there's not they're not getting circulated as much um I think that like the biggest fault in the kind of indie media is that it's extremely U.S. and Eurocentric and so like smaller artists in other countries even if they're gaining a lot of traction in their local scenes often are unnoticed here um no that's awesome I mean it's really important I think that yeah diversifies kind of the perspectives that people get because it definitely it's good you know we think so too and like because there's like such different things going on in different scenes it's like you know across the u.s each different pockets have different things going on but especially like it's the same but on a larger scale in different countries i was amazed when i was in argentina that their scene just had a unique kind of texture feel it was like synthier it was more 80s influenced it had to do with you know the political scene in the 80s in Argentina versus now and all of these factors contributed to making it just kind of a different kind of music than was coming out of at least the places I was living in the U.S. at the time and it was fascinating to me and I didn't really I'd never thought which of course you know different scenes just are different even if it's like all contemporary but I know it's an interesting thing where it's kind of like we have I mean, we think we have everything at our fingertips in the U.S., but it's like in reality, we only have like a really small sliver of what actually goes on in the world. And especially with music, it's like we only have a very, it's such a small part of the, I guess, music pizza or whatever, if you want to call exactly. it. Exactly. And there's such cool stuff going on. So <laughs> our, our goal is to, I guess, just help in whatever small way we can and helping bridge that, yeah. um, that gap and bringing some of these amazing things that either our friends or people that we admire or people that reach out to us are putting out. Um, so we've had, it's a new, I guess it's been in the works for a while, but it, as a live presence, I guess, it is fairly new now, which is exciting that it exists in a way that I can talk about it as opposed to just on the drive on my computer, which it was for a long time. Yeah, but, like the live performances or just generally the project? Just the, just the Inside Joe. We didn't want to announce the label until we had a physical release. Yeah. Um, so it's been in the works for a while, but our first release was a compilation. Yeah, um, ask about that. I thought, I mean, it was like the way you guys put that together was beautiful. I, I wanted to hear more about kind of how you put that part of the project together and kind of what- Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we thought that a compilation would be a good first release is it because we are a new platform it's a way to kind of bring the audiences from these different artists that are some of them are smaller some of them are larger but they're all not based in the U.S. and making really interesting different kinds of music Um, but kind of gathering all of their separate artists and bringing them to one platform we thought was a good way to kind of get the label going so that any subsequent subsequent releases would have that audience base to see them um similar to nearness instagram is our primary instagram and Bandcamp are our primary platforms we have the release on Bandcamp as well as physical cassettes um as we'll do for all subsequent releases because having a physical medium to distribute is i don't know an important thing i think oh definitely yeah no and i mean i thought so did you guys put them how did you kind of go through the process of like building that product like 
kind of doing the art and like kind of can you oh, walk yeah. through that process so like the process of physically making the tapes or just I'm just like curious I don't know I just thought oh it was yeah so we actually I'm currently in Bellingham Washington a little north of Seattle and we had um a great space up here is the alternative library and they let us use some of their resources to physically make the tapes which is great um but we used a tape duplicator yeah we ordered the tapes from um national audio company um just blank cassettes we printed out all the j cards um my, our friend roland did the mastering he is an extremely talented sound engineer um but he mastered the tape and we duplicated them all from the master it took many hours of us sitting and putting tapes together and folding and cutting and printing j cards but we made them all by hand we stamped the physical tapes ourselves um they're very diy but the cool thing about cassettes is that you can make them at a essentially professional or pretty much on par with what you would get if you just sent them out to get created um you can do it by yourself as long as it's kind of time versus money and yeah. we have time but we don't have money yeah. so. no having time is good oh. no that's awesome um, the art on the tape though is by an extremely talented young Chicago artist. Um, her Instagram is Lil Cup of Milk. Oh. Is, yeah, L I L C U P O F M I L K. Um, Lil Cup of Milk. Daniela Loza is her name, but she's like 18 years old. She just got into the Art Institute, um, and her stuff is just amazing. Oh, that's actually a tattoo of oh, it was on the corner of the uh of the corner of the cover art but oh I love that yeah no that's awesome we'll be sure to tag her in the post that's how did you get connected with her see I worked with her with nearness a little um but I just followed her on Instagram I think for a while because I was in Chicago and I, I think we must have had people in common but I really admired her work she did some very beautiful um kind of abolish the police um like anti-cop drawings for nearness that were like amazing oh that's so great well it's awesome that kind of your older project led into your new one and you can kind of bring some of that community over oh absolutely um we had a collage artist andrea lux also who was another nearness contributor who did some of our press collages for inside joe yeah, I was gonna say it looked like it was, there's a very similar kind of thread that goes throughout all of them. I thought the collage work on those were was really beautiful too. Andrea is amazing. She, yeah. we wanted something that was kind of a unified aesthetic to go with the press, but because they're artists that we're not going to have them all in one place to take kind of cohesive press photos, we wanted to work with a collage artist to kind of bring a cohesive element to a bunch of very varied press content. Yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone up there, but like some of the stuff we got was just like crazy looking. Um, and Andrea did a great job of making them all look like they live in the same world, but still keeping the energy of each. Yeah, no, it was really, I mean, yeah, I mean, collage art is just, I feel like it, it just is always kind of a great way to like bridge the gap between different mediums. And oh, yeah. No, really beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did want to ask too about the, what was your process of kind of with the music itself, like putting that list together and like kind of how did you, 
narrow down what you wanted to put on it or in like the order you wanted to put it in or like anything you wanted to share about that process? Pia and I, Pia and I spent a long time on the order. So it's, it's definitely, I mean, I'll, I'll back up a little bit with the artists themselves. It is primarily, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of everything. It's people that we have been fans of for a long time. Like um, Broa is one of my favorite ones to talk about. They're a young Icelandic. They're like Icelandic teen punks. They're amazing. Oh, I in a video on KXP Iceland Airwaves a couple years ago, and I've just been a fan of theirs. Yeah. And so it's so fun to get to reach out to them and have an unreleased song of theirs. But everything on there is unreleased. Obviously, the artists are all people that we just reached out to, but some of them we had known before. Um, Maya, um, who is a Tel Aviv, Maya Perry, who's a Tel Aviv-based artist, is actually a visual artist that we had I had worked with with Nearness and loved her visual work, but had also loved her music. So it was fun to get to kind of reach out to her with a different medium. Yeah, Pia has lived in. Um, she was doing a grant with the Watson Foundation and lived in both Montreal and Mexico City. And so some of the artists are people that she played with or interacted with in those scenes. We have an Argentinian artist that we know from there, but also have been a fan of Bonzo. Um, and then some of them are people that we have listened to and are honestly like, I think the biggest kind of get for us was Les Amazones de Afrique. I'm probably pronouncing that terribly. Uh, I do not speak French, but they are an amazing super group of African women singers um, who are far out of our league as a tiny label, but they agreed to work with us for this because they thought that the project was something that was important as we think so as well. Um, but like working with the, no, they're one that we would not be really, they, they're on a label. They are already, you know, reaching an international scene, but are oh, awesome. got to connect about getting, uh, you know, other young artists or not even young artists, but other artists connected. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And then the order, we tried to make it flow. We ended up with a crazy uh kind of Frankenstein of amazing music that did not flow very well um but I think in a fun way um so we tried to set it up and that like the a side and the b side are both you know you can listen through and it it fits but it also kind of bounces you around and you know you're there's no way that it's going to feel like an easy ride, I guess, because we have harsh noise and ambient music and like crazy Japanese post-punk and very, you know, soulful, like R&B pop, all sorts of wild stuff. An eclectic mix, you would say. An eclectic mix for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you said that you used to be like a radio DJ in school or? Uh, I had a show on Evanston's WNUR 83. Oh my God, 89.3. That's terrible. But four years um, making playlists and like kind of making things that might not fit together fit is something that I have a lot of fun with. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's really, I mean, yeah, again, the art of putting a playlist together is a really underrated thing, I think. And I mean, definitely succeeded in the mixtape, because yeah, I feel like it's really cool when you can kind of, because I mean, it's easy to put a playlist together that has all the same songs of the same genre or the same type of artist or whatever, but it's kind of cool when you can kind of bring things that are so vastly different and kind of bring them into a cohesive piece. I feel like it's hard to do, but when you do it well, it can really be pretty powerful. The side B, I think, is my my personal favorite in terms of flow. I think that was the one that we we were so excited that we, let's see, there's like a four song run that it was the Les Amazones to Fonzo to Desde O that we were like, oh, this is such a good run. Like these are all so different, but they just like flow so well together. We were really proud of that. Awesome. Um, I think there's kind of moments like that where there's some that, feel like they they fit together weirdly well yeah no that's so great it's always so satisfying it's kind of it's a funny thing when that stuff happens oh yeah absolutely no our current um we made what I think we started with just a run of 50 physical tapes but we have to make a bunch more to send to Japan um, which is exciting because we have three artists on there that are from call and response records which is a Japanese post-punk and noise label. They're amazing. They put out just such cool stuff and we're going to be putting out the kind of US versions of some of their future releases, which we're excited about. Um, but we need to send them a whole bunch of tapes to put in stores in Japan, which is exciting. Have you, have you, have you ever been to Japan or anything? Or? Oh, I've never been to Japan. I've never been to half the places that we have artists from, which is really cool. No, that's awesome. No, it's really good that it goes both ways. Like you're bringing people into the US scene, but also you're kind of going out globally and kind of putting them out there. That's so cool. You know, that must be really exciting. Yeah, it was a it was something that we were working on for a very long time. So having it exist out in the world and having other people be able to listen to it is still kind of a crazy thing to me and really exciting because it was just something that was uh, like slowly accumulating on my computer hard drive for months and months and I would like show people but um, having it you know actually in the hands of people and on the computers and on Bandcamp is just a whole lot of fun. Really thank you again honestly. Yeah of course no thank you so much <laughs> yeah, let me know if you need anything else and have a great rest of your evening. You too. Bye Anna. Okay bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and big thank you to Anna for sitting down with us and providing music for this podcast. You can check out our project Dog Beach on Bandcamp. Also make sure to follow Anna on Instagram at Anna Claire White and check out her socials for Inside Joe Records and the Nearness Project. Our full profile on Anna is featured on the With a Girl website so be sure to check that out. Have a good one!